0: Well, the Ryan Saunders era is finally over. Time to pour one out for Old Rhino. Welcome to episode 153 of Wolves Cast, the show that once tried to replace its host mid season before realizing nobody wanted the job. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. I'm Scott.
1: We back everybody. Welcome to another episode. And what a week we have to talk about! Oh. It's been a crazy, crazy Timberwolves weeks—from the uh, dunk of the year to Ryan's <laughs> last ride to brand new coach. Uh, you know, there are so many. And Beasley's suspension, second half schedule came out. So many things to talk about. That Neil, let's not waste time with pleasantries.
0: Yeah, I know who you are. You know who I am. You know it's been—it's uh, been—it's uh, been an eventful week, and we have so much to talk about. So yeah, we got to. We got to dive right in. We appreciate you listening. You know, we got all those things that Scott talked about. Uh, we're going to do a we're going to do a very special edition of uh, Power Rankings as well. So you have all those things to look forward to here on the show. But yeah, let's uh, let's dive right into week recap. And uh, as usual, four games, Scott, every single week is, is four games. I love it. Right? That's I how never, we roll.
1: <laughs> I, uh, there was, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the second half schedule more next week, but there are no two days off in a row for mm-hmm. the second half of the season for the Timberwolves. And as bad as that is for the Timberwolves, it's wonderful for me because that means I have something to watch every other night at the very least. You know, I enjoy watching these games, so I'm all for four games a week.
0: Yeah, yeah, no no practice time, so you know maybe the the product on the floor doesn't get much better. But uh,
1: back in like normal life, I would be upset because I'd be like, "Man, I've got trivia tonight. I got this tomorrow, and I got I'm working late on Thursday." But no, right now it's I've got nothing but time, so (laughs) let's watch more Timberwolves
0: games. Yeah, so Wolves zero and four this week. They fall to seven and twenty six overall on the overall season. Fifteenth in the West, thirtieth in the NBA for I guess that record.
1: We could just say thirtieth in the NBA. 30th. We don't really have to say fifteenth in the West. Also, yeah,
0: yeah, and thirtieth in the NBA is, is, uh, yeah, also. Uh, you know, actually, they're twenty ninth in net rating. So, so you have that. Uh, 27th on offense, uh, 23rd on defense, and a a 21 percent winning percentage. Right, 21 percent of the games. That's pretty low. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah, 21
1: percent is so bad. We've seen some terrible Tim Roll's records, but this one,
0: one of the worst. Yep, absolutely. It's, uh, it's been rough out there and continues to be so. And uh, as everybody knows, they finally starting to do something about that. It made a big move. but uh, It might be a mercy that the season is short, yeah. so
1: we can't get up to like the record of losses in the franchise history or something because <laughs>
0: we just have 10 fewer games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're starting this one off last Friday against Toronto. 81-86 uh, to 86 loss uh, at the hands of the Raptors. And, uh, you know, it was... Uh, it was a pretty good game. Wolves we'll beat the Raptors last time around, so the, a little revenge here for I felt like this was not a pretty good game. I felt like this was
1: a very ugly game. <laughs> a this ugly was a, game. Uh, I meant, the, to, final I score meant close was, game,
0: but uh, yeah.
1: Final score was 81 to 86. So weird. And neither team could make a bucket to save their yeah. lives. Yeah. Like you want to say, like, oh, maybe the defense was good. The defense was not good. It was two teams that could not get a bucket to save their lives. Uh, the Raptors at least had the excuse of being on the second night of a back-to-back. The Wolves had the excuse of being at home and being the Timberwolves. So, uh, I mean, it was, like I said, it was a really rough game. Kyle Lowry didn't even play. um, But I do think the highlight of this game and maybe the highlight of the week, maybe the highlight of the season, is young Anthony Edwards assassinating Yuto Watanabe. I didn't even know he was a player in the league, and now everyone knows him for the wrong reasons. you got to feel bad for that guy. You know, he was just playing defense, Neil. He didn't expect to get killed. He didn't expect to get the dunk of the year slammed on his head.
0: Yeah, yeah. He was just trying to protect the hoop, and uh, Ant came up and had other had other
1: ideas. Oh, man. And just like it was one of those where...
0: I bet I'd be A1 from day one.
1: It was one of those dunks where this, the violence in midair, it was so good for the photos because Watanabe really got up there to contest, but Ant got so high that he kind of was like straddling <laughs> want to in the air. He kind of rode him to the ground like a horse, you know?
0: Yeah. That, that was the big thing was that the, the fall, like I think that obviously it was an amazing, you know, dunk at the rim, you know, like with this, a slow mo of that is just like Edwards getting up so high and slamming it down. But then the fact that they both just like crumpled to the floor after that, like yeah. neither of them landed on their feet. They aunt both landed, like aunt, down. Aunt
1: landed on top of the yeah. guy. So ac- a- extra insult to injury there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's why it was like a dead body situation. It was yeah. just like that was it.
1: <laughs> so yeah, it was uh like I said the highlight of the game, Twitter blew up. It's been it's fun when uh you know the whole league blows up. Usually the Timberwolves when Twitter blows up it's a t- Twitter a Wolves Twitter that blows up. Yes. It's very rare that a Wolves player will do something that'll make the whole NBA Twitter light up and like players other players on other teams are tweeting about it.
0: Oh yeah, it was huge. LeBron, you know, retweeted it and stuff. All all, all that happens, but but yeah, I mean the Wolves again. It was it was a sloppy game, you know, not a good offensive game. I think it was a pretty good defensive game for both teams. But the Wolves took did, had a twenty three to one run um, at the end of the third quarter, you know, including that that dunk um, that gave them the lead. And then it was like close throughout there. Um, but Raptors closed out the game eleven to zero to win it. So uh, you know that's uh, <laughs> that's how. That's how, uh, you know, real teams close out in the fourth, right? They take a run at the end.
1: I bet you LeBron wouldn't have been impressed if he saw Ant's in- inefficient stat line. <laughs> just like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought, yeah. you're, you're not shooting 50% from the floor? That's not a cool dunk anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was the, that was the drama of the week there, yeah. It's, and it's
1: come all around again today. The fun. backlash to the backlash to the backlash has right, started. Right, right. You know? <laughs> That's well, how it works all, here. We're all just tilting at windmills, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, that is that is Twitter, but it is silly. Uh, some of the things people to get mad about online. This was one of two minor controversies online this week that I thought were silly. We'll get to the other
0: one. We need something to be riled up about, I guess. Oh
1: man, what a dunk!
0: Yep, um, I'm
1: seeing a lot of great art on Instagram and stuff. Like, oh. there's been a lot of people who made paintings of that moment and stuff. There's some great Beautiful. art out there, and not the least of which, Jake Crafts has a great one.
0: Yeah, yeah, you got to do it
1: at Jake Refs.
0: Um But yeah, Wolves uh, then then uh, t- kept kept the losing going. Went on the road. Um, to uh, to New York, uh, where they played uh, the New York Knicks on Sunday and lost ninety nine to one hundred three. Uh, you have it here is Ryan's last ride, the last one, the last game that would be the Tibbs battle. You know, I think that was uh, that was interesting. Of course, yeah, it Go was pretty out there close
1: and, the entire game. You know, really came down to the end of it. Obviously, we can't close in tight situations. Yeah. We've lost a lot of really close games because we just. You know, maybe that's one of the reasons the coach got fired is, you know, the last few minutes, the the coaching takes more of an importance than the first, you know, 40 minutes or whatever. And so that's when Ryan proved he can't drop an end-of-game play. He can't get the right guys on the floor. He's not preparing these guys for – You know, like Cole Anthony shot that (laughs) breaks down the court. So,
0: yep, all those, all those breakdowns, all those uh, finishes. I think they definitely piled up here. And then there was kind of another one here. You know, I mean, the 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 Knicks, uh, you know, got out to you know a big lead um, in this one, and uh, we're actually up like twenty one points. But the Wolves uh, had a twenty three to five run and got it back. That was fun. Got it all the way
1: back, right? So, um, really late in the game too, because. This was Yeah. and I'm not angry. I'm not angry about this. Yeah. This game was spoiled for me. Wasn't even entirely your fault, Neil. Uh, yeah. I'm in a little text group with Neil and Robert, with an H, who sometimes hosts the show with us when course, Neil's out of town. Of course, of course. And uh, you guys started sharing the news about the the uh, the firing that's of right. Ryan, mm-hmm. and so there I got like 18 texts in a row, and that's when I knew I couldn't ignore it. I was like, something really big must have happened. Yeah. So I gave my phone to my wife Meg. I said, Meg, oh, can wow. you read the top and let me know if they spoil the game? And she says, "No, you're good to go." And she didn't realize that this sentence about Tibbs is what was going to give away the game. There's no final score or anything, so she didn't know that there was a spoiler <laughs> uh-huh. and there was a spoiler. So I had yeah. the game spoiled for me. And Neil told me the second half is better than the first half. And I'm watching <laughs> the second half, third quarters going by. I'm like, this isn't much <laughs> a better. Minute, yeah. I, thought, I thought Neil said it gets better, and then it got better when we got <laughs> that 23 fair. to five run. So very entertaining. Uh, you know, always funny to see Tibbs. I would be like more upset. Uh, about like losing to the Knicks because they've been so terrible. They've been one of the worst teams in the league for years. But this year's team, this, this team's yeah. Is, yeah, actually decent. Julius Randle's playing great and like all star. There's a uh, as you might expect from Tom Thibodeau, a uh, really good defense. So yeah. I don't. There's not as much shame as losing to the Knicks as there was right. before. And, yeah, you know I'm not mad.
0: Yeah, totally. So, yeah, I mean, and Towns got that little shot. He had that little hook shot that potentially would have put him ahead. That was a good look, too. Yeah, I mean, the Wolves could have easily won this game. It wasn't like they didn't get a good look at it. He had that little turn on old buddy Taj Gibson. 30 seconds left. That would have put him up one. Uh, but Should have the,
1: known you can't score on Taj in the no, last thirty seconds. No, he
0: locks down at the very end. We know that very, very, uh, very clearly. But yeah, the Wolves missed their final seven shots of this basketball game. So that's not that's not how you win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yep, yeah, that was it. I mean, we'll talk a lot. You know, the whole chunk of our show will be about the coaching change. But it was after this game. Uh, you know, Ryan did post game press. Yeah, mm-hmm. he did post game press, and then. Uh we found out on Twitter it was uh you know he was let go and then like ten minutes later it was known that uh they had hired somebody else as well. So pretty pretty incredible like you know, like turn of events all right there. And uh yeah, it was over a little early game there, six PM start in uh, uh on Sunday night. So, you know, gotta get gotta get it in early. Right. And they did it. Uh, we'll yeah, we'll talk more about that coaching change in yeah, yeah. full
1: court press, but let's keep moving on with this week because then we went to Milwaukee. They've been scuffling this year, but you wouldn't know it by how well they played against us. This yeah. was a blowout. Mm-hmm. And and Neil came over, brought his dog over. You oh, know? Yeah, we got to watch this game together, ordered some pizza. Had some pizza, and had a felt good like, chill time. Felt like good old times, you mm-hmm. know, not like this kind of quarantine thing. Yeah, so yeah, I was actually watching the game live, you know, seeing commercials right. for the first time. Yeah, you know, I'm watch usually always watching them late. Um, but man, this game. Had this week's off brand player of the week. That's the player who, you know, who he played for. The name on the end of the bench who has his season high or career high scoring. Oh, yeah. And this week it was Brian Forbes.
0: Bryn Forbes. Yeah. Bryn Forbes. Yep. See, I don't, who yeah. he played for. I don't even know his it first name. First name, yeah.
1: 23 points in 25 minutes. He was 8 of 13 from the field, 5 of 9 from three, four rebounds, three assists, and just taking some really crazy shots. Yeah, field.
0: yeah. He, he was hitting it all. He was, uh, he was very, very good in this he, game he without, without Drew Holiday, so they needed some guard help, and he provided it.
1: He came on the floor, and I asked Neil who he was. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I don't recognize that guy. Who's that man?
0: Yes, who could he be? Well, now I'll never forget. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now now we we'll remember him. An-
1: another off-brand player who has stamped his his name in the minds of Wolves fans because yeah. of a monster performance against the team.
0: Yeah, another monster performance obviously was uh, was Giannis. He was uh, downright dominant in this one, just just dunking on everybody, just getting deep paint position and just slamming it and he had 33 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists. Uh, making his free throws, you know, taking forever at the free throw line, but making them. And uh, it's hard, hard to beat this team oh. when he's rolling like that. So
1: <laughs> Neil must have been annoyed because I like to count out loud yeah, when Giannis yeah. gets the ball at the top of the free throw line. He didn't shoot a single free throw in under 10 seconds. He's yeah. over every single yeah. time.
0: He's right at 10 or 11 every single time. But you yeah.
1: gotta hold the ball, take a few deep breaths look at the rim again take a big di- uh, dribble the ball six times collect himself <sighs> so look at the dribbles. rim again <laughs> <laughs> so
0: many dribbles yeah. if you
1: haven't noticed it before check it out next time you watch Giannis play it is funny how bad it is
0: uh, there were 96 attempted threes between the two teams in this Ooh. game which is massive the Wolves had 54 which is the most in their franchise history So well,
1: welcome to the team coach yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, what Coach Finch said was let it fly yeah get him up there So uh, Towns had a really good assist game same thing he did yeah. in Chicago the next night so you know once again Coach Finch saying let's run this three and through towns which might be the smart idea
0: might be a good idea but yeah the so loss there and then back to back next night wolves lose in chicago 126 to 133 on wednesday ot and, which i did uh, not OT expect game yeah you know
1: on the road second night of a back-to-back i just yeah. think like with the timberwolves we're not winning that game we right, almost right, never right. win that game yeah and going into chicago they had a night they had arrested the night before so you can play on that hometown team already it's against you so i was surprised that we were able to keep it so tight going to overtime there you know
0: yeah i mean they got um you know it was a you know pretty pretty even game uh I think uh throughout uh, mostly, you know, we had uh we had towns in there and uh Culver was supposed to play in this game. He returned to the you know, returned to the availability list anyway. He was all suited up and ready to go, but they ended up not uh not playing him. So did they say that know. was
1: the coach's decision or I was it so. like he tweaked his ankle before the no, game? Or I, something? I didn't hear
0: anything about it, but yeah. you know, I think they would have said something if it was I, I mean it was the kind he of was game be on you know, a minute limit for fifteen minutes, so yeah.
1: The Bulls were ahead of us almost the entire game and we were just clawing to stay close. So I understand if he coach says, I'm going to ride with the rotation guys tonight, maybe it's not the best night to work Culver back in. I got to try and get my first win as a coach, head coach in the NBA. Yeah. And uh, fortunately, it didn't work out. What was kind of frustrating was Townsend, again, another, had another terrific game. Yeah. But he fouled out at the end of regulation on a foul that the two minute, the NBA's two minute report confirms was not a foul. Oops, ah. my bad. Sorry, we sent your best player who was rolling to the bench. Man. It's not our fault you lost in overtime, though.
0: Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, the wolves yeah, they just kept yeah, like you said, the the bulls were up like ten and the bulls get it close and they just never could really get over that hump. Um, but yeah, the ending was pretty crazy. With uh, you know, uh, you know, we, uh, something we mentioned in the last couple of games was that uh, you know the Wolves kind of fizzled out right at the end. That was not the case in this game. It's 16 to six run to close regulation, mm-hmm. um, including three free throws from Ricky Rubio, who was sort of inadvertently fouled. Just like a nightmare scenario. If you're up three, you give up a three point foul to yeah. a good free throw share. is like the worst possible. They were trying thing. to do the
1: clever thing that Ben's always wants to talk yeah. about. Dave Ben's is always okay. We're up three. Do you What's foul the them to send yeah. uh, send them? To the free throw line yeah. he always talks about doing that and to see chicago screw it up Ugh, i mean this, that's why you don't do it right this chicago yeah. team so many bad turnovers they're they are <laughs> yeah, Levine very, had a bunch of bad ones, very yeah. young team you yeah. know and they also have Fad young on the team there you go so yeah a lot of ugly turnovers though that really helped to keep the wolves in the game
0: but yeah, so Rubio ties it, and then they go to overtime, but then the Bulls just take over from there. They score like seven straight points right away, and the, yeah. you know, without Cat, there was really no scoring for the Wolves. So You think Ricky was going to make all
1: three when he went to the line? Oh, yeah. that yeah. was not worried Me too. at all. Me too. It was
0: cold-blooded. He was I was just, like, Ricky's got this. It. Yeah, he was just there. Uh, career-high rebounds and assists for Anthony Edwards in this game. Nine rebounds, six assists. So nice nice game for Ant there. Vando had a nice game as well. He was very— V8. V8, yeah, the new come. nickname that. Yeah, Jim's. we got it. We got I it. love
1: when Jim is like rallying against the suits. He was like, "The yeah. guys in the truck don't want us to use nicknames, but I'm going to do it anyways." V8, you know.
0: <laughs> that was funny because uh, that night, then the whole social media like had tweets that had Vando's V8 and stuff. So they were they were paying attention. Yeah, you know, they included it, it
1: right away. Some so. people were on the clock during the game making the tweets.
0: Yeah, I'd like to see that. But uh, yep, that was the week. 0 oh, and four. Maybe they'll be. I think they're on a six game losing streak now. So uh, maybe they'll get one next week. We'll see about that. We actually have some home games coming up eventually. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get to the big news here. Here's the tip. All right, Ryan Saunders, canned, fired. He's done. They finally made the move. The fan base has been clamoring for this for, uh, well, for a very long time, <laughs> depending on who you ask, maybe even before this season started, but uh, certainly uh, for, for many, many weeks now. And uh, yeah, it was, it was, this was something that you know I think most fans would probably say was a matter of when versus a matter of if, but uh, most the, fans... Yeah, the question uh, was, yeah, was, was it going to be at the
1: end of the season or before the end of the yeah, season? Yeah, we thought he'd the get
0: the whole year, uh, and I think most fans would agree with that, but uh, was not to be, you know. Once you get down to those low lows of being literally the worst team in the league, worst record, all that stuff, um, and again, some of those late late game, you know, losses, I think you can also point to it being like it doesn't matter who you have out there; like you should be able to win a couple of these games. Like, yeah,
1: yeah. No, it, it is the case of you know everyone's going to say justifiably so. It's fair to Ryan to say that. You know, he never got a coach, D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns together. That was the whole idea of this team's construction is that those two are going to be your your stars. And mm-hmm. Ryan only got five games with them together. So kind of unfair, you know. And also it sucks that he was the coach during this pandemic that shortened the season. And yeah. He went; he had everything stacked against him. But even with everything stacked against him, you'd really expect more than just seven wins on the season. You've got, like, especially some of the ways we've lost these games. It's just yeah. really showing that the coach, and especially seeing how the team, like, played like, more. More structured and actually running an offense these last two games, it really made you realize. Oh, Ryan was just letting these guys go and chuck shots up. You know, yeah. there seemed to be no plan whatsoever when these guys were on the floor. So, uh, you know, it stinks for Ryan. He he didn't get the best chance at it, but you know, he's going to find another job. He'll get another shot somewhere down the line. Mm-hmm. And it just, I think it was very clear that he was in over his head.
0: Yeah, he was uh yeah, it'd been a long time since he had like a positive thing to really hang your hat on, be like,
1: Oh, he did this. Look at this, look at Ryan over here, well, you know. So it
0: was a long it was a long time coming.
1: I will say it. to his credit, you know, the team hasn't given up on the season yet. I mean Malik Beasley was saying yeah. Rome wasn't built in a day. A lot of these guys are saying this team's gonna be good. So I think that's there's something to be said for not Kept having the, the locker, locker room, room turn against each other for yeah. them to be in the middle of a completely lost season and still you know, be talking about team building. That's impressive to me. So uh, I got to tip my hat to Ryan for that at the very least.
0: Yeah, totally, and really, this is this is interesting. I think more so from the Rosas sort of side of things a little bit here. You know, I, I think you know this was basically the one move that he can make. I mean, obviously, he made a whole bunch of moves last trade deadline. So yeah, I mean, when you're the, when you're the GM, when you're the the Pobo, the, you know, you have two two dials to turn. Really, there's the coach and there's the players, and you know, he really turned the players dial last year. You know, bringing in all these new guys, bringing in you know Russell and Beasley and Hernan Gomez and all these guys and shipping out Wiggins and Teague and stuff really remade the team but you know didn't really didn't really do much with the coach and uh, this was this was finally his time to do that and and bring in his guy and stuff like that so it's kind of really the only only th- the, the, the main thing that he could have done. Um, and so, but yeah, it, it's interesting, I think, because it really, really turns the pressure all on him now because he doesn't have any scapegoats anymore, right? He's he's changed the players and he's changed the coach. So he's he's made his two moves. And so now it's kind of like up to him to be like, all right, now you own this whole stack here, right? From top to bottom, you have kind of picked all of this for the most part. So uh, what's it going to look like now? So I think that's kind of an interest, the most interesting point of all this is the Rosas like taking yeah. full control. I mean,
1: Rosas has been here for two years now too. So yeah. I mean, Ryan's final record for head coaching the Timberwolves, he coached 137 games. He went 43 and 94. Mm. That's a winning percentage of just 31%. So that's bad below the franchise average. And we have the worst, we have the only sub 400 yeah. <laughs> winning percentage for a franchise in sports. Uh, besides the Tampa Bay, I think still has one. But anyways, what I'm trying to say though, is that 43 and 94 record isn't just Ryan's record. That's Gerson's record too. True, Actually true, Gerson true. now has two more. Losses on top of that <laughs> right so i mean it, it's time for gerson to you know he's got to be feeling the heat a little bit you know two years as i know you know that we had some okay just give him some time to get the plan yeah, going but you're two years in period, now, yeah, yeah and he's probably feeling some pressure so like you said this is the last uh, kind of move he can make to shield himself is to say hey uh, i've never been given the chance to bring in my own guy you know and some people will say you know i think I think we're all in agreement that Taylor told him to keep Ryan around. You know, it's one of those things where they did a quote coaching search and interviewed a bunch of guys and kept Ryan. And you know everyone kind of feels like uh, either Glenn made Rosas do that, or Rosas knew that there's going to be a lot more losing, and was just like, let's keep riding around until you know, yeah, I can get rid of him. He's kind of a shield for me. Mm-hmm. But either way, um, you know, I just think that yeah, the pressure's on Rosas, and now, I mean, every GM who comes in, they bring in their own guys, you know, and that had to happen with the Twins with Paul Molitor and Rocco Valdelli, Bald- you know, where the you new, inherit somebody, the new ownership, the yeah. uh, new GMs came in, and they were told you got to keep the manager. Uh-huh. You can you can do whatever else you want with the coach. And stuff, and uh, and they kept him and eventually they got to bring in their own guy, you know, and it yeah. worked out for the twins. And so it, it, you expect this for a GM to come in. Of course, he has a guy he wants to bring in.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, and I'm, what I'm wondering now is like how Ryan will be sort of seen in, in the history of Timberwolves coaches. Like, you know, we're very close to it right now. But as you think about it right now, like, what do you think about when you think about the Ryan Saunders era of, of Timberwolves basketball, Scott?
1: I think probably it was just like the tumultuousness of the time that he had here, you know? First well, that's he-
0: interesting because, like, I feel like when he came in, it was because of the crazy times with Tibbs. And he came in. And it was like, oh, yeah. good—a breath of fresh air. We get this guy that we know. We get this young guy who's got some new ideas, not the stuck in his way old school Tibbs. And so that's interesting to hear that, like, it, it, even beyond that, it would continue to be tumultuous, even though we felt like we were at peak tumultu. Yeah, <laughs> right, we, we were, were at peak uh, tur- turmoil. It's or true, but
1: you know, first it was tough because you come in as in the middle of the season, the interim coach, and you know that was already a lost season at that point. And then next year, you have towns missing almost the entire season and and quarantine. And then this year, obviously, no fans and also injury problems. And so so it's been, he's never really, you know, it's been a tough time for all Timberwolves fans. Yeah. I was surprised when I heard his record was 43 and 94. I was like, he won 43 games. (laughs) Where'd those games come from? What? But apparently, that half season when he took over for Thibodeau, he went 17 and 25. Wow. Which is pretty good. Next year, 19 and 45. Next year, 7 and 24. So, yeah. Um, Yeah, so I just think that I'll always remember the time of it just being like, he was kind of the the hand on the wheel during a time when, you know, the world at large conspired against the Wolves and just didn't allow the Wolves to ever really, you know, have a chance these past few years, so... I don't think Ryan, you know, given a fully healthy team and no COVID or anything, would be taking this team to the playoffs or anything. But he might retire with a higher than a thirty-one percent win percentage. And the thing is, that's not even close to the worst for Timberwolves coaches. He's he's solidly (laughs) middle of the pack in terms (laughs) of his record. Oh man,
0: like a lot of things, Timberwolves. The bar is just so low.
1: Let's see. There are I've got I've got it right here. Uh, One, two, three, four, five, six, seven coaches in Timberwolves history who had a worse winning percentage. Wow. Eight if you count Chris Finch, whose winning percentage is zero, right yeah, now. yeah, so totally. eight coaches and only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven coaches ahead of him. So he's he's dab smack in the middle, yep, in terms of wins, winning percentage of all Tim Rolls coaches, which really says more about the franchise than Ryan, yeah, yeah,
0: interesting. All right, should we uh move on to Finch here? And yeah, talk I just want to say
1: because I, 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 you know, tipped my hat to it earlier on. The other dumb controversy of the week was everyone arguing, it. did the Wolves do Ryan dirty by having his replacement? already hired the same night he got fired. Mm. Don't we wanna like give him a few days and then announce because it's kind of like you broke up with your girlfriend and then you had another date scheduled (laughs) to another that night, you know? That's the analogy people were making, but I just I don't think this team really owed Ryan a lot. You know, I think they've given him more than enough chances and he should probably be pretty thankful for that. And I don't know. It's always going to be tough uh, when you cut somebody like that, but I don't feel like there was uh, any kind of controversy here, not at least to the level that some people on Twitter wanted there to be.
0: Yeah, it's always going to be kind of ugly when you got to move on from a coach mid-season. So yeah, I think it's better than telling Sam
1: Mitchell on the last day of the season. Yeah, we'll have you coach tonight, but you're not coming back after
0: that. Yeah, yeah, totally. There's, There's been other dirty things happening, but uh, yeah, let's let's keep it going and speak a little bit about uh, Chris Finch as well. He's hitting up. All right, Chris Finch is the new uh, coach of your Minnesota Timberwolves.
1: Who? Kind of surprising because uh, you know you expect. Yeah. Maybe David Vanterpool is going to be the interim coach, or maybe there'll be a coaching search and some interviews. And you know, nope, there's a guy. He's now the Timberwolves head coach, and I had never heard of him. You know,
0: I would use the word shocked. This was shocking to see that they had hired someone from another team um, instead of uh, an internal uh, interim. That was, I mean, you know, it came out after the fact that it hasn't happened since 2009, um, when the when the Memphis Grizzlies uh, plucked Lionel Hollins from Milwaukee to oh, yeah. come on over. So. You know, it had been over a decade since something like this happened. So that is what I was shocked about. Not that Ryan was gone, but that Finch was brought in immediately like this. And yeah.
1: I think I need I should have Whew. done my research because I think I heard something that the Wolves couldn't talk to him or hire him yeah, until after the season series was done. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, why did why now? Well, it's because we finished our season series with the Raptors and yep. then three days later he's hired. Played Toronto twice. So, so. they were just waiting for this moment. You yeah. Know, that's it feels a little less random when you hear that.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, Finch, I mean a little bit of you know, you know he's been he's been coming up the ranks recently. He's been jumping around to some different teams. Definitely heard about him last year when he was with uh, New Orleans and and stuff like that. But um, this year, signing with uh, with Toronto to work underneath uh, uh, Nick Nurse, who he goes way back with, and. Um, He's he's been around. You got a big old list of his uh, of his background. Here, I was Scott. gonna wow. I was
1: gonna do a game based on this, so I was doing yeah. some Chris Finch trivia, and I just found that his his European career it starts over. He played in England, wow. as a player, and then eventually he started like coaching it. in England for the Sheffield Sharks, <laughs> where he won coach of the year and several titles. Nice. He then went to Germany. The league in Germany is called Basketball Bundesliga. Nice. Bundesliga. Uh huh. And uh, there he was with the Geben 46ers. <laughs> Geben. His only really failure in his career. He was fired after one season. He went 4-13. and 13. Oh. But after that, to Belgium he went for the <laughs> Euphony Brie. Oh. He won a the title there. Then he took half the team and went to a different Belgium team, Dexia Mons Highnut. <laughs> I love these teams. And they got to the finals, but they lost the title game.
0: So is Dexia the name of the city and Mons Highnut the name of the team? I'm assuming so.
1: Yeah, okay, okay. (laughs) I'm sure we have some Belgian listeners yelling at us like, no, there's no city called Dexia. I hope so, yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, if you're from Belgium and you're listening, give us a shout. We love love to chat with you. Um, And so then that ended his European, his international career as he, I I should say too, also coach of the 2012 uh, British Olympics team. That's right. Yeah, Yeah, yeah,
0: national team stuff.
1: So then he came back to the United States where he was the coach of the Rio Grande Valley Vipers. That's the D-League team for the Houston Rockets where he met one girl. Son Rosas, oh, oh. a relationship that would prove fruitful down the line for him. But while he was with the Rio Grande Valley Vipers, he won their first title in team history, won coach of the year in the D-League, and has now become the fifth coach in the NBA right now who got his start in the D-League before reaching the majors.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, we're seeing that is sort of the next, that's kind of like the new trend. Uh, in the league is to try and find these guys who, you know, have spent their time in the G League and really cut their teeth there, you know, and then, you know, much like, it, hey, it's set up for players to do that. And so really it's been like almost more fruitful for like coaches as a, as a feeder system for coaches to come through. Um, but right now, hey, everybody, you know, Nick Nurse is is the, is the darling of the NBA as far as coaching goes. He's considered, you know, a top three coach. Some people think he's the best coach in the league. And so everybody right now is thinking we got to get the next Nick Nurse. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Who is yeah. it? Let's find him. Absolutely. And so, hey, you uh, can't do much better than getting the guy that Nick her- Nurse hired to be his number two in Toronto just go right to the source right there so um, I think you know in that sense it's a good hire he's kind of again he's 51 he's been around a lot you know um, you know Rosas obviously with the um, you know with the familiarity with him but I think just too based on pedigree of where he's been the things he's done you know he's he's ready to do it he's ready to jump up and and, and be an NBA head coach now so you know I think based on pedigree it's a good hire but we'll see how that uh, you know plays out uh, at the NBA level. we well, you have to see.
1: And uh, as the Fox Sports North broadcast showed, the graph, every team he yeah. went to made a dramatic improvement in offense. Oh, yeah. He's they known as an offensive before guy. Before he came and after he came and the big jumps for teams on offense, uh, which is funny because apparently when he was in his playing days, he was a real rugged defender. <laughs> I didn't hear that. That's funny. But uh, yeah, yeah, apparently he's got the, the offensive mindset. So hopefully, I mean... <laughs> I feel so stupid, Neil. We were previewing this team at the beginning of the season. We're like, could this be a top 10, top five NBA yeah, top offense? Top five offense. I could see it if everything goes right. And we're the worst. We're the 28th offense in the league right now. So uh, yeah. I never thought we would be better on Bottom defense than, t- uh, than offense. But <laughs> uh, so, you know, that's just, once again, shows you how much Ryan bungled the job here. But I am optimistic after seeing these past two games, the kind of offensive basketball that we're going to be playing might finally reach those preseason expectations of entertaining and wildly effective. <laughs> (laughs)
0: Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see because, um, you know, it's the whole system idea is interesting here, too, because, you know, going back to the Rosas and Saunders partnership it was always that it was always a, uh, we are aligned in all this stuff together. We want to do things the same way. And it was always very much a sort of top down kind of thing here where it wasn't like, Oh, we hired Ryan because he's got all these great ideas. It was like, no, I know how I'm, I'm, I'm the GM. I know how we want to play. We've decided on this. And Ryan's the guy who's going to execute that. And so I think we're getting kind of more of the same in that kind of way, but with even more experience between the, the GM and the head coach. Now they've literally been together in a past um, you know, organization with Houston and, and the Rio Grande Vipers. So, you know, I don't know that we're going to see too much. Again, we saw fifty-four threes. They're gonna they're gonna be valuing those shots. They're gonna be trying to do the Houston Rockets thing. So, I don't think we're gonna see too much difference stylistically there. Um, but I think it's some of the more subtle things, and especially taking over mid-season you just it's just and especially in this shortened season you're not going to see um, big changes Uh, you know Chris uh, Finch already had the quote of he's going to be uninstalling more than he's going to be installing at this point in the season so I think that'll be interesting to sort of see you know what happens and and sort of as as we sort of judge what happens this year I don't think it's so much going to be about how many more games do they win but just sort of like what are the tweaks to the system um, that seem to be improved um, as far as how to judge uh, the job he does here in uh, the final half of the season
1: yeah and i think that you know i actually really like the idea of getting him started mid-season that way he has the you know yeah. the final second half of this season to Tweak. get, get yeah. used to the guys get in a good relationship with them and that way hopefully we hit the ground running next season and still have it instead of having to do the feeling out process next october
0: yeah, and we've already seen in, in the first two games that you know we're getting more touches for Towns. I mean, I feel like you can't have enough of that, right? Um, you know, best I,
1: player on the team never leads in in usage percentage, though. It's it's stupid. Of yeah. of the best players in the league, like he has the lowest usage percentage every season. So yeah, wild concept. Let's get the ball in the hands of our best player, but it's producing very encouraging results. Yeah, Imagine that.
0: And through two games, he's already has uses go up from twenty five up to thirty. Yeah. So that's what you like to see. And really, it's not really you know there's. I think there's other than getting him the ball more. You know, I think he, Carl's already sort of maxed out at you know what he can do offensively. So I don't think you're going to see him necessarily do new things offensively. But the the assisting and sort of the playmaking for others is what we've seen pop up already. You mentioned with the Milwaukee game, he had like 11 assists. He had like a, is a season high or career high assists that night. Yeah, I think so, it, I
1: think it would tie to career. high
0: Yeah, so it's like that's I think the actual thing we'll see. And just having the ball in his hands more. But I think we're going to hopefully see, you know, more actions run where he is being used as a passer because he attracts so much attention, can find guys in the corner for threes and that kind of thing. So hopefully that is sort of one of the uh, early kind of changes we're going to be able to see in the offense. And
1: I've heard some people say they're very optimistic seeing what he's done in the past with what he'll do with D'Lo when D'Lo comes back. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, uh, you know, I think it's good. Uh, Britt Robson had a great line on uh, the Dane Moore podcast where he said, "With for Timberwolves fans, change is almost always a good thing yeah, <laughs> with this franchise right. because we're always so bad that, you know, you can't, you can't get upset with change because it's mostly going to be a good thing. He also had a very funny tweet uh, today. Wolves fans need to understand that they are far better versed in this change coaches in the middle of the season thing than most anyone connected to the organization and certainly the pertinent folks in the uh, Mayo offices on the sidelines. So, yeah. Yeah, we, we're, we're a lot more familiar with changing coaches midseason than Gerson Rosas is, because that's what being a Wolves fan is.
0: Yeah, and before we get to the busy suspension stuff, let's talk a little bit about uh, about Coach Vanterpool and sort of the, well, can, you know, the issues around that.
1: Can I just say a few more things and then yeah, yeah, Vanterpool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Number one, uh, Beasley was on his back, you know, he got knocked over and, you know, players run to pick him up. Right, right. Finch picked him up yesterday. Finch grabbed (laughs) one of the arms and pulled him up. It was like right there. (laughs) Yeah, it was was right by the Wolves bench. He's like, come on up. You got to love that. Get up here. And also, Neil, this is a question I asked you after the first loss, and maybe it's just uh, pessimism to bring it up. Now that Coach Finch is zero and two in his coaching career, mm. will he ever have a coaching winning percentage over five hundred? Is oh. he ever going to have a winning percentage? Uh, basically,
0: I'll be optimistic and say yes, but not this season.
1: So yeah, so he's going to start it'll out next take season like, like, like uh, over, it'll take minus a, ten over games, minus twenty games.
0: Yeah, he'll be down like ten games, and then it'll take next year before they can climb above it. But I got, I'm hoping that next year he can he can he can get above that.
1: <laughs> uh, call call me just uh, pessimistic because of those. Coaching records I just read off about Tim Roll's coaches where yeah. Ryan Saunders is the middle of the pack in terms of winning percentage. I'm going to say no. History's he, working. He will never. That. He will never have a winning percentage over 500.
0: Could be. Just being 500 would be good. I feel yeah. like that's like the Adelman thing of oh. just like oh yeah, he was like exactly 500. Like yeah. oh yeah,
1: pretty good. Pretty I think good. yeah, I think you'd be <laughs> the second best coach in Roll's history if that happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, let us know it, what you think. I want to yeah, hear. Will people, he make it? Will he will be will he over 500? Have a, of a positive in like winning a year, record?
0: like like February 2022. What will his record be? We'll see. Um, yeah, Vanterpool stuff. I mean, a lot of people, uh, you know, Damian Lillard, lots of. Lots of other people, like the coaches association, put out like a a big memo about this. A lot of people upset that uh, you know the David Vanterpool was not you know set up to be the the interim head coach. Basically, that the status quo. And like we're saying, the it was shocking to see that this didn't happen. So, in a lot of ways, I agree with the idea of like why didn't this happen? This is weird. But really, that's just more precedent than anything else. I don't know that Vanterpool, and it's hard to know when they're an assistant coach really, you know, prove too much to say, okay, you're the guy or whatever. But it's really just more based on precedent. This is
1: how we normally do it, right? Apparently, he was being groomed by the Wolves. Like They would do stuff to prepare him for being a head coach. They'd let him do stuff with Ryan, you know, to get an experience as that. Uh, So it seemed like he felt like he was being built up. Yeah. But my thing is, you guys hire him. Everyone's like, oh, he should have a job. Well, why doesn't he have a job then? Because he interviewed with four different teams last year, and none of them chose to make him the head coach. Also, for being a defensive guru, we've had one of the worst defenses in the league ever since he came here. So, I'm just, you know, his reputation has been a lot louder than his actual contributions. I'm sure he yeah. is a good defensive coach or whatever, but since he's been here, we've been terrible. So, I don't I don't he hasn't done anything to convince me. And, you know, the, if, if this locker room wasn't going for Ryan, I'm not sure, you know, another guy who's in the locker room is going to, you know, get their attention. So, um I just think it's interesting because I mean, we can go into the Rooney Rule side of things where you it's right. a rule that says you must introduce uh, in interview minority candidates for opening coach, open coaching positions because the league is so bad at that. All sports is really bad at that. But in the NBA, it's crazy how there's only like one black GM. You know, there's only yeah. like – it's really bad numbers. And so I like that rule. And people were asking, oh, you didn't do that this time because you just hired him. You didn't have interviews. And uh, Gerson said, You know, but and we did a round of interviews in 2019. And they did interview him, And we yeah. did interview minority coaches then. And so we didn't feel like we needed to do it again because we already knew what guy we wanted. And uh, he said, Our staff and the diversity we have speak for itself. John Kay tweeted, Rosas, first Latino president of basketball operations. Gupta, Robbie Sikka are both Indian. Assistant GM Joe Branch is black, director of analytics. Aaron Blackshear is black, Vanterpool, Burleson, Blair, all black assistants. And so it's one of those things where like, yeah, I mean, obviously it's totally fair criticism to say why didn't you w- consider diversity with this pick, but I'm just saying like maybe those other four teams that didn't hire him you should give them that kind of grief <laughs> because, you know, our front office is one of the most diverse in the league.
0: Yeah, it's it's really just more of an overall NBA issue. I don't think it's necessarily the Timberwolves mm-hmm. You know, it's not their issue right now, but...
1: And I'm okay with it, people bringing it up because it is an issue that more people need yeah. awareness about.
0: Yeah. And I think more black coaches need to get interviews. I just think that they did their interview already. I yeah. mean, you look back at 2019 after Ryan was, you know, installed as the interim, they still interviewed coaches at that point, including Ryan. I mean, it's weird because when they hired Rosas, Ryan was on like the board of guys who were like interviewing him before he was the coach. So it's so weird. And we already talked about the fact that there was most certainly an edict coming down from, from Glenn Taylor to say, this is the coach, go ahead and you know do a search, but you know, this is who it's gonna be. And and, and that's great because then it gave, you know, it wasn't for nothing because it gives gives Rosas the ability to actually do all these hires. And I heard it said somewhere else that that's even if you don't get hired, this is actually where a lot of these younger coaches or coaches of color actually get their foot in the door just by getting an interview somewhere. Because mm-hmm. then that is on everyone knows it, then that is on your resume if you interviewed for this job, and it helps you get the next interview, which helps you Get the next interview, which then maybe you'll get the job for. So I don't think they, I don't think they like, screwed over Vanterpool here. I mean, he no. wouldn't have sec- accepted the job if it was a truly bad situation. They might have played him a little bit to make him think that it was going to be his job, but I'm sure there were no promises on that. Yeah. And they gave him the interview. They gave him the job as an assistant, at least, as a head assistant, at least. So, you know, I don't think they really screwed him over here. And they just made their decision. And Rosas did, at least secretly, to say, all right, well, we're going to see how this Ryan thing goes out, as much as I have to do this or whatever. But now I know that when this does go – Poorly, I know who I want. And it was Chris Finch. So I don't know. I feel like they did their due diligence. And as, as you mentioned, they have so much diversity to 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 you know to hide behind right now to say, look, we, we already do this stuff, um, but probably better than most teams. So, you know, I don't think it's necessarily a big thing with the Wolves. It's just a more of an overall sports culture thing. That Unfortunately, it's more of a thing of like you hire the guy, you know, rather than you don't hire people because right. of racism or something like that. That's really the problem is Rosas hired. If you want to have a problem with this, it's Chris Finch. Uh, is a person that uh, Rosas believes in from his time in the past. So yeah. we'll see if that nepotism breaks down, or if hey, this is really someone who's going to be really good.
1: You never get all the way out of the country club with this franchise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but David Vanderpool, prove me wrong. You know, I hope Go that he gets a head coaching position. Coach, yep. I hope that he. We say, oh, how could we not have made him head coach? He's so good at a different franchise. So prove me wrong, Vanderpool. I hope the best for you.
0: He's on fire. All right, so uh, one last thing here for full court press and it is uh bummer. it is the Beasley suspension. Yes, uh, Malik Beasley suspended 12 games. He is uh he's not going to be around for 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 a little bit here,
1: Scott. Oh, no, that's a bummer. He's been one of the lone bright spots of the season, you know. It's yeah. Uh, it's such a bummer. He's having a great season, the best season of his career, and it's going to be hard for him to win the most improved award <laughs> of a 12-game absence during a 72-game season. But yeah, he's been Mr. Consistent. You know, Russell's been out, Towns has been out, and it's Ben Beasley who's been, you know, shouldering the load and scoring all the points. And I, you know, admit he's one of the most fun players to watch, both on offense and defense. He's not a great defender, but the way he hustles and tries can be really fun to watch. Um, so this is a big bummer, but... Yeah. Um You know, we'll see if he appeals. It doesn't sound like he's going to, but maybe he can get it down from like 10 games to 8 games or something. I think it's kind of weird uh, that he got suspended. Uh, This is a tweet from our editor-in-chief, Kyle Tagge. Listen to the episode. He was on a couple episodes ago. You can listen to episode 150. Uh, He said, Malik Beasley was suspended for more games than Vernon Maxwell was for punching a fan and Delonte West was for speeding on a motorcycle with a guitar case full of loaded weapons. I almost feel like, because what he did is he pled guilty to one charge so that they would drop the drug charge. And I feel like if he had the drug charge, it wouldn't be that many. But the charge that he committed or they pled guilty to is... Felony charge of threatening to commit a crime of violence for the purpose of terrorizing another person. I think it just sounds scary. Sounds so bad, It sounds so scary. It sounds like you're being charged with terrorism. (laughs) In which case, I'd say, just get the drug charge instead. But I'm sure he did what was right for him and his lawyers and whatever. I'm sure that all makes sense for them. But it is just very weird, you know, that... He's missing 12 games. It's a big suspension. It's a very large suspension.
0: Yeah, and I think, again, this one was just uh, almost shocking to me because I think of the discourse around it was, oh, he's going to get a game or two. It's not going to be that bad. And I feel like uh, that wasn't just us lay people saying that. It was like the people around the team were saying that. I thought five or six John Krasinski was saying stuff like that. And so I think just to have it be so out of whack from what – everyone kind of suspected it should be I'm not saying that 12 is is too much necessarily but it is so much more than I think the general consensus of what we thought he was going to get would be so that that's why I think makes it extra tough and as you said he's been the team's best player really you know he was just
1: suspended for one seventh of the season you yes. know? yeah yeah so um you know Chris Hine- more t- than that actually wow geez
0: yeah uh, Chris Hine- tweeted, I think he's he will be able to come back on I think 20 uh, 21st of, of March um and then I counted up the remaining games Games and it'll be 25. So he'll be able to play in the final 25 games of the season. So that's a good chunk. And We've, hopefully at that point, they'll at least have Russell back. But maybe not by that Can you imagine this team?
1: But. Everyone healthy? Wow.
0: I, can, I literally can't. you like
1: that Jazz game we built one in.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is it's,
1: becoming really more impressive when you see what the Jazz have been doing this season. Yeah, totally. They're crushing. They're, they're and, one of the best teams in the league. And we got that win against them. <laughs> we can hang our hat on that. We are like one of, of the like their six losses or yeah, something exactly. so far.
0: Um, but yeah, I mean, the team knew this was coming. They signed him. You know, th- this incident happened before he signed his extension. So, yeah. uh, you know, they knew that was coming. They knew something like this would happen. But I think 12 games is a lot more than a lot of folks – thought this would be i thought it'd be Um, five i thought it'd be five yeah yeah totally yeah you're right that felony and that kind of scary name on it is like really really working against him and uh yeah they they hit him hard They threw the book at him so yeah elite beasley
2: he should just shoot it every time he touches it
0: all right so yeah we'll be seeing him after the break he will uh start his suspension uh coming up here on saturday against the wizards and uh, he'll be back uh Late March, so apparently he could still practice with the team, but the team's not going to really be practicing anyway. Yeah. So I guess he'll get to practice in his gym in his home. I don't know if he'll stay with the team and travel and like you know sit yeah, behind that's the bench. A great question. I mean, again with COVID era, maybe not. Uh, but in some ways, I think you're safer to be with the team. You're getting tested three times a day and stuff like that. You know, I don't know. I'll
1: be very interested to see because yeah. yeah, you'd think team chemistry wise it'd be great to have him around, but he can still do shoot around. And still it does feel there. a little bit more play. dangerous, but yeah. yeah. Who knows? I am just
0: trying to see how that goes. Hope he can stay. He's in such good shape. I hope he doesn't like get out of shape or anything like that. Hopefully well, he can... at the
1: very least, he doesn't have COVID. Because that's yeah. the thing where it's like, he's Carl Anthony healthy. Towns yeah. is out. He can't work out because he's yeah. having trouble breathing from this disease. Yeah. So at the very least, he's fully healthy.
0: Totally. All right, cool. That does it for Full Court Press. Time to jump into sponsor. Paying the bills right now. Uh, let's get into the sponsor. Uh, Wolvescast is disappointed to announce a going out of business sale for a previous sponsor of ours. Saunders Style, the subscription fashion service from Ryan Drip Saunders, is closing up shop.
1: Saunders Style boasted dozens of happy customers amongst the NBA's coaching fraternity. Unfortunately, the fits were too fire, the swag too sweet, and so the drip must be dropped. The silver lining is that the collection is now
0: being offered up a la carte and is available to anyone, not just NBA coaches.
1: Everything must go. I guess you could call this a fire sale. Need some Jordans to wear to the mall? Want a pair of joggers to rock while you lay around the house? How about a dad hat to keep things casual while flexing your modern fashion sense? It's all available and all on sale right now.
0: In honor of the league's most fashion-forward coach, head to saunderstyle.com today to check out the savings. Because much like the NBA, this is a business. But unlike the NBA, this business is going under.
1: Thank You to Saunderstyle for their support of Wolf's. Cat. And up next, time for Power Rankings Power, pop, Power,
0: B-b-power. Power, pop, Power, B-b-b-power. Power, pop, Power, B-b-b-power. Power, pop, Power, uh, we have power rankings here, and my goodness, this is a doozy. This is one that uh, we were inspired to do a few weeks ago, um, as uh, Ed Malloy was uh, was, a, was a referee, was an official for a Timberwolves game, and the broadcast was reminiscing about uh, you know about that about that epic call, legendary, that, that fateful call. Um, how many years ago was this? It's been, it's been, it's been a long time. I think
1: it was in 2014. So it's like seven years old at this point, point. 2014. I can't wait, wait to read like the oral history at the 10 year anniversary or something. <laughs> you kind of did that though. You, you interviewed him for our pod That's two right. seasons ago. Yeah. We talked about it a little bit. So,
0: um, so today we are going to, um, we are going to do power rankings of, uh, the moments from the Alan Horton, Ed Molloy call. So let's play the whole call right here. It's about a minute long, and then we're going to break down what our favorite moments of that uh, legendary call were. Here we go.
2: Down by two, 198, inbound to Love on the left side with one. dribble. goes up for the shot. It's blocked by Marion. The ball comes into the arms of Bear. The horn sounds, and the ball game is over. The Timberwolves are screaming for a foul. There was none called. Rubio off to Love. Oh, that's a foul! Love moved to his left on Marion. Sean had his hand out. He went right across the arm of Love. That is unbelievable. The referees are booed as they go off the floor. Brutal! David Guthrie is right there. He didn't have the guts to call it. Also, go and Malloy! 198. He was sitting right there along the baseline and didn't make the call. Marion went across the arm of love. Any replay you look at shows that that was a foul. Ed Malloy was right there and didn't make the call. Timberwolves fall 100 to 98.
1: You know, before we dissect this, I just want to say... We were both at that game. Yeah. I think we were sitting separately. I was with my friend Benjamin Sainer, who you may remember was in the room when we recorded the first episode of this podcast. <laughs> hey, ben. I didn't remember that. So uh, wow. we were in the upper deck, though, yeah. and it was still so obvious. Ugh. the You can hear the arena start booing immediately in that call because the entire arena saw. It, it was really one of the most obvious foul calls. Marion slapped him in the middle of the forearm. I still can't believe that they missed that. I totally remember this game.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. And as you can hear in that call, it's just so... Uh, it's it's the energy of the end of the game, and then the drama of all that. It's just I love the background noise of the, all the crowd booing. And if you like, listen
1: carefully enough, you can hear Neil and I booing. I don't know are if I that. don't know if you're a booer, but I definitely would boo a
0: ref. I would I would boo in that situation. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I love how like the end of the game music's playing in the background, and and everyone's booing, and and Alan Horton is just. I mean, this is so special because. You know, again, we have all these great moments that we're about to rank, but he he just continues on with his job so well too, of like recounting exactly what happened because again, you can't see it if you're listening to him; it's the radio broadcast. And then he wraps it all up, you know, at the end with, like, Wolves lose, you know, and tell you the final score. He still sticks to the, you know, what he needs to do for his job. So I, I really appreciate It's the duality of him kind of really wiling out and really Losing. going hard, but then also, like, staying in the bounds of his job, too, and staying professional at the same time. Duality. It's great. The
1: duality of Alan Hart.
0: Yes, exactly. It's fantastic. Okay, so. I also
1: we, liked it. I... I'm a more mature man now, but if you remember the <laughs> earlier seasons of the show, I used to get really heated about referees. Yeah, the would
0: tick you off. Right? I, I
1: had such a huge problem with it. So yeah. to hear this, I was like, "This is a man who speaks for me."
0: <laughs> That's Right. So yeah, we have seven moments uh, from this call that you know we think kind of really stood out. And uh, starting at number seven, we have uh, that is unbelievable.
2: That is unbelievable.
0: I love it just for there's like a, the stops in between. Like there's a period at the end of each of those words. Yeah. That is unbelievable.
1: Yeah, and there's an office joke where they say the word "unbelievable" with different <laughs> like emphasis on different symbols. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. I like how he <laughs> announces that is unbelievable. Yes. <laughs>
0: yeah. Totally. So it's about the emphasis, and I think it's just. Again, sort of I mean, the whole thing is 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 has this arc of um just disbelief and just like you know the just shock to have this happen right in front of you, which you know again, you Alan Horton's seen all these games he's all he's been through it. It's his job to watch these games and to like have it be put in such stark terms of like, I can't believe this call happened. I think it was very
1: notable, <laughs> and have you ever seen punctuation when listening to something because this is a, just listen to this. you can hear the period after every word, yep.
2: That is unbelievable. Oh,
0: yes, just, 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 you know, speaking for the fans, really, you know, right it was there, just, to say I, I can't still believe it. that the refs swallowed their whistles at the end of this game right here when it is so clearly a foul. Um, so yeah, that, that brings up the rear, but still a really good moment um, there. Um,
1: but yeah, all right, number six. I'm just going to play it. Let you, let you yep, hear it. Yep.
2: The Timberwolves are screaming for a foul. There was none called.
0: <laughs> screaming, the Timberwolves. So he's he's describing this again, again, just beautiful setting the scene. If you're not in the room, you're not watching on TV. You know, he's letting you know that uh, the entire bench is is you know upset about this, and and they're screaming for a call, but none was called. I, I love the little tag on that too, and none was called. Yeah, and
1: screaming <laughs> is such a great word. It's not shouting. It's not yes. hollering. It's not yelling. Yeah, it's screaming. It really kind of like shows you the indignity of it, the kind of raw energy. It's it's. It's not a shout. It's a scream. Screaming. Yeah, they're, they're, they're screaming for it.
0: The Timberwolves are
2: screaming for a foul. There was none called.
1: There was none called. Just in case you were wondering at home, there was none. <laughs> there
0: was none called.
1: They're screaming for it. But they weren't it, the only ones screaming it it for just it. This wasn't there, you, there. I was so, screaming too.
0: Yeah, I, I like that. I like the, the you know, not just, again, he, he moves away from the actual play that happened and is setting the scene to say, like, this bench is upset right now. They are screaming for a call. Um, All right, that's number six. Uh, Onward to number five. This is a big one.
2: Oh, that's a foul!
0: (sighs) Ugh. This is
1: what one describing it very clearly for everyone. Yes. Descriptive. Yes. was a foul
0: And that is That is after the fact That is upon the replay You know That is Now we're getting into Later into the call here Where that is now We're watching the he's, he's watching the replay And letting you know That it is definitely a foul And you know this is, what, this is a special moment Within this call Because there's a few You know We have all of them on here On our list This is the first one Where he is so loud And again This gets into like The audio stuff He's peeking the mic Right He's clipping yeah. You can hear him at the top When you hear like A little fuzziness Or like a little static In the mic that means that he is so loud that the, that the mic is hitting its upper limits and you can't go any higher so it's just static
1: there are audio professionals <laughs> whose job it is to make sure that doesn't happen yes and he's busting the mics you know he's and i love like one it really he doesn't say like that's a clear foul that's an obvious foul because he doesn't need to he says no. it in the tone of the voice that it wasn't even a subjective one because you hear it and i also love just the emphasis he puts on foul
2: oh that's a foul that's a foul.
1: Oh. Yeah. Oh, too, like the pain at the top of that, too. Yeah. Like the first, oh, no.
2: <laughs> it
0: like, it's so clear. It hurts to
1: see. Yes. It's a foul. Yes, yes. <laughs>
0: just peeking the mics. Yeah. Oh. His, his producer is like, oh, no, quick turn down. You yeah, know, that's just, all you
1: need to know right there. If, yeah. If there's one sentence that describes what happens. It's, yes.
0: Oh, that's a foul. Oh, that's a foul. Um, okay, number four. I think this one's great. Go ahead, hit, hit, hit this one.
2: Referees are booed as they go off the floor.
0: So much to talk about here. For me, the main thing is um, hearing the boos in the background as he describes this. You hear the entire arena booing these referees. Um, you know, as, as, as they leave. And again, this is similar to the bench scene where you're describing what's happening in the arena in the aftermath, in the fallout of this call. Um, You know, they're booed as, as they go off the floor.
1: And meanwhile, in the background, boo, you hear it all around. <laughs> yeah, and my favorite part about it is the emphasis he puts on the word booed. They weren't booed as they went off the floor. Referees are booed as they went off the floor. Booed. Just the emphasis, listen to it.
2: Referees are booed
1: as they go off the floor. <laughs> oh, put, a little, yeah. put a little extra mustard yeah, on that one. A little extra one. disgrace boo. for you
0: referees on this one. They're booed as they go off the floor. That's right. They have they, they they totally blew this call, and they are hearing it from the home fans right here. They are booed as they go off the floor. And, yeah, again, we just get to hear the actual boos happening, something we would not hear this season. And it's, right? They have fake cheers they're pumping in there. But if something like this happened, it would just be dead silence at the end of the game. They're not going to, like, trigger the boo sound on the soundboard or whatever. No. You and would get that.
1: This is in the progression of the sound clip where he turns his attention from the foul to the referees. Yes. First it was about the foul. Now it's about the referees who are being booed as they go off the floor. And that would lead us into our next one, number three.
2: David Guthrie is right there. He didn't have the guts to call it.
1: (laughs) I love this because, one, you never hear this. Questioning the intestinal fortitude of a man, David Guthrie, by name, calling him out. He's not saying like, oh, this man must have, he could have missed it. You know, maybe he didn't see it. No, this was an act of cowardice. I know that he saw it, and I know that he was too chicken to call it. There's so much certainty in the way that he's just... (laughs) He doesn't have the guts.
0: Yeah, yeah. So much you hear like, oh, the ref missed the call or, you know, they didn't call it or they, you know, they, you know, just the fact that they didn't see it, they had a bad angle on it or, you know, it was their decision to say, oh, you know, I didn't think that was a call, block charge, something like that. It's like, oh, we didn't quite see it where he is saying, no, it was definitely seen and it was purposely, you know, waxed over and not called, even though they could have called it.
1: Yeah, I think there's a saying, I'm going to butcher it a little, that never subscribe to Malice, that which you can uh, ascribe to uh, ignorance or stupidity. Yeah. yeah. It's like maybe they're incompetent at their job. No. No, that's not what we're not we're dealing with. The assumption here, and what I'm going to accuse him of on on the radio, is that he saw it. The courage and had, had the malice in his heart to not call it.
0: Yeah, and, and you got to love the full name here. I mean, he goes on, and you know, he names multiple refs uh, by their full name. But I love, you know, I mean, it's a pro, it's a, again the professionalism of, of Alan Horton here to know all the referees on the floor. I mean, you hear Ben's do this too. You know, they always say at the beginning of a game who you're officials are and stuff like that but then I always love within the game when an announcer like uses the actual referee's name not just their number not just who that is whatever no you know who that is and David Guthrie too is like that's not a name you hear a lot I feel like before this I knew who Ed Molloy was there's certain refs where it's like you know they've been in the game for like 10 years so you Mm -hmm. get to know their names and faces where I still couldn't pick David Guthrie out of a lineup and don't know his name or whatever so I love they especially picked out you know sort of a more obscure ref skewered him by name David guthrie first and last name i'm surprised he didn't have his middle name in here you know <laughs> what i mean like a like a parent would or David, something like that hank guthrie <laughs> you were in trouble young man yeah um so yeah he doesn't have the guts either i mean come on the guts that is great too again he doesn't just say like oh he didn't make the call he doesn't have the guts to make that call oh, yeah. oh.
1: guts what a great word oh. too just kind of a slain word there you yeah. know the guts yeah uh, just it's once again, like you said, balancing the losing it and also the professionalism all at the same time.
0: Pro stuff. All right, we got two more. What, what's it going to be here? What's number two? Brutal. <laughs> <laughs> we have our second peaked mic moment here, and uh, this is just this is elegant because it's a simple one word thing here, right? Just a simple call, of just one word.
1: Brutal. Brutal.
0: <laughs> right? Again, Just just can't hold it back. Cannot, you know, fathom calling this in any sort of civilized, like chill way. No. We got to call this what this is. It is brutal this happened at the end of the game. You cost the Wolves a game.
1: And once again, just words that are painting a picture. The Wolves were screaming. David Guthrie didn't have the guts and this is brutality. What we're seeing here yes. is brutality against the Timberwolves. It was brutal.
0: Yeah, and this is another one of those calls where it really is channeling the fan response, right? If this is, this is what you would feel, you know, if you were just like, yeah, you're wearing the jersey, you're in the crowd, you're watching the game, it's a brutal call for you, you know? And so I, I do like that too because, again, we want, our, we want our broadcasters to kind of be a little bit impartial, to be unbiased, but sometimes that just has to come through. And It was when an you objective it in, call. Yeah, it's injustice. <laughs> When you see something that could have been called, it's like, yeah, no matter who you're cheering for, you know, it wasn't right. So I also like that
1: it's a moment of him just collecting himself because before and after this in the sound clip, full sentences, you Uh know, uh and then there's just a little bit of space between a sentence and he decides like he has to punctuate it with one word brutal,
0: brutal, simple, very good call right there. Um yeah, and that brings us to number one this is uh this is it i mean this is there what was never know.
1: really too much doubt
0: you couldn't you couldn't really go any other way with this. we tried we tried to look at other ways of like you know what's the f- defining moment um from this incredible one minute and eleven second call um but there's this really is only the part one.
1: that made me like we were preparing for the show and th- listening to it made me cover my face. I was laughing so hard here we go Go ahead, Malloy! Oh.
0: <laughs> you just can't get enough of it there's I mean, where do we even start with this? What is? I mean, again, we have the clipping mic, but but um, to me, it is it is it is the first part. It is the dough because um, again, you just wouldn't. I don't think you'd hear him say that at any other point, And it's just so enraged. There's so much rage, and it's it's like it's the only thing that could possibly be said at this point. You know, he said everything else. But, again, this is coming after the David Guthrie call of the guts thing. And then he's going on to the next ref. And, and I think Ed Malloy was the closest one right there. And it was just like, you know, doe Ed Malloy, Just simple as that. It's guttural.
1: Yes. We, we've talked about his amazing word choice over these this power rankings. yeah, Selecting great words. This is at a point where words have failed him. Yeah. He is just making a sound at this point, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, just the – it's the most intense his voice gets the entire time. Yeah. Everything's kind of a build-up to this. First, it's their booed. Then it's calling out g- David Guthrie's guts. And then you peak with, uh, with the main culprit, the guy. That is, it's so flagrant that he he really loses control here. It's, yeah. it's Doe and Malloy. Yes. And just the intensity. It, it makes me laugh every time I listen to it. It's no! So
0: quick, yeah, it comes no! out of nowhere.
1: It's like alarming it's like, to hear. It's, it's so like loud. How you would shout if you stubbed your toe or something? Exactly. Like, no! Yes, yes. <laughs> like
0: it just came out of nowhere. And yeah, again, the first and last name. Um, you know, it's not like official Malloy or something like that. You got to throw Ed in there and just this,
1: screaming into the night.
0: And this is kind of overall. Again, this is what um, I think we'll always remember from this call, and it's kind of known as like the Ed Malloy call or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it really had to be number one because it, it, this this specific part, you know, came to really um you know you know be the you know be the thing that we take away and that we'll always remember it, it, it really is 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 just an incredible moment and and Ed lloyd alan horton will always be tied together in our minds from this
1: here we are seven years later wow dissecting a, a, a reaction to a foul call yes. or a missed foul call right. on the radio and we're here we are talking about in the year 2021 <sighs> Yeah, it's
0: still incredible. So, uh,
1: If we had won that game, maybe Kevin Love never would have left.
0: That's right. Different no.
1: franchise right now. No, I never know. But
0: yes, thank you to Alan Horton for providing us that audio many, many years ago and uh, for just being again being being a pro and Call, also
1: calling it like he sees it calling it for
0: real you know using his emotion a little bit and uh giving us just this gem you know if wolves fans don't have many good things but uh this was this was a good thing so yeah apple's radio
1: it. on twitter yep. and uh ne- in the show notes neil will drop the episode where like i said neil interviewed him so yeah interviewed him that and was and a great feature that we had done in the past i don't remember what episode number it is but we will have it linked for you to check it out i recommend you do
0: absolutely okay cool That's it for uh, Power Rankings. Let's get to Weekly Wolfies. Now presenting your Weekly Wolfies.
1: All right. It's the Weekly Wolfies. That is a wolfie. It's an award for good things, bad things, notable things. Really, we can choose the criteria of it, but every week Neil and I both give them out and they are definitely prestigious. Mm-hmm. Neil, why don't you get us started this week?
0: Yeah, I'm going to get you started with um, with the little video that came out this week. Uh, I didn't realize till today that it's actually an SB Nation video, so a little uh, synergy hey, here hey, for you. Soupers, shout out. And it's from a channel called Secret Base, which I don't really understand. I've never really seen anything else from them. I mean, SB, Secret Base, maybe that's the deal there. I'm not really sure exactly what their whole uh, line of, of content is, but. Uh, um, they do these videos where there's, like, beef, right? There's, like, problems in the sports world. And they released a new one this week about Kevin Garnett and, uh, and uh, the, you know, the, his uh, his issues with Glenn Taylor. It's called Kevin Garnett's Beef with the Snake-Like Wolves Owner Got Even Worse Without Flip Saunders Around. Kind of a long title, but uh, whatever. They probably know what they're doing. They have, like, a million subscribers. So I think they know what's up uh, on the YouTube world. But it's an amazing, like, 10 to 15-minute recap of the history of, Of all the KG and Glenn Taylor, uh, you know uh, all the all the back and forth, all the reasons why they don't see eye to eye right now. Um, and there was some stuff that kind of I didn't even know in there. And it does a really good job tracing it all the way back to the beginning of KG's time. And, and you know, with with Flip and Mikhail in there and stuff and really sets the scene and really um, digs back into history to kind of, uh, you know, do, and just a great job with like with uh, for, for a video, just like lots of great images and transitions and stuff. You know, these types of videos can't really use like footage so much because of all the, you know, tape around that and stuff. But they have images that kind of move around and, and stuff. Stuff and it's a really good watch, really good narration. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to maybe check out more of these, the Secret Base um, channel, I guess, on, on YouTube. But this KG one, if you're listening to this podcast, you know you got to hear that. Even if you think you know what the deal is with that. It's a good refresher. You know, we got the KG A to Z book that's out right now, and you know, maybe that dives a little bit more into the Glenn Taylor stuff. I haven't gotten to that part yet, um, but this was a great uh, primer video for that and uh, learn more about uh, Glenn, uh, Glenn Taylor and KG's issues. We'll have the link to that in the show notes. Have All you seen right. this thing, already? I haven't. I'm okay. gonna check it out. Yeah, you got check sure. it out. That's great. great. Yeah, it made the route. It came out like earlier this week. So. I'll watch it tonight. Yeah, check after, it out. after the pod. Yeah.
1: All right, Neil. You with your Wolfies, we kind of have different approaches to Wolfies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You like to recommend stuff to people. Yeah, yeah. You're you're a connoisseur of the internet, and yeah, so podcasts, you find videos. a lot of stuff, and you just want people to find cool stuff. So you don't really. Take the time to give Wolfies away for other reasons, I feel like. Which right. is why tonight, for the first time ever, I'm transferring my Wolfie Award to Neil. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to talk about this commercial that was bugging you so much. Oh. Neil has a big problem with one of the commercials that comes up every commercial break. Because this year, obviously, the ad spending is not right for the Timberwolves. If you're watching on Fox Sports Go, these ads are very amateurish. These are some really low-budget ads that are on. And they're on every single break. So one ad in particular was really getting Neil's goat. <laughs>
0: Oh, my gosh. Yes. If you watch FSN, if you watch the walls on FSN uh, live and you see the commercials, you know what I'm talking about. They hardly have any commercials. I think they're doing pretty bad with uh, sponsors this year. Um, But there is this one for a product called TBD, um, and it's not really known what it is. It sort of places itself to be a streaming service or like a channel of sorts. But the commercial is so low budget. There's all this like found footage or sort of like uh, you know uh, um, stock stock footage. footage that's out there, and 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 they just say all these like buzzwords about what hey we have the best of the web, uh, viral videos, uh, sports, and more. Meanwhile, there's like this really like bad like music being underlaid on it. And it just is so vague what this product is. And it just seemed, I mean, it's literally in the name TBD, is the name of their business, and or whatever this thing is. And it just is so evident in their video, too, that it's just like they don't know what they are yet or something.
1: Yeah, you just, you you didn't, you just said business. Wait, uh, you know, are they a business? Are they a channel? Are they an app? You don't know. Yeah, they literally call themselves
0: TBD. (laughs) And it's like all these weird stock videos of like a snowboarder like going by and like spraying you with snow. And then there's like, you know, there's like a cooking clip and there's like someone like watching, sitting down with their MacBook in front of them and on the cover of the MacBook it says like Teens React so it's like a knockoff version of some like popular YouTube viral thing there's like a kid crying, like a little baby crying as like another like reaction like video type of thing so A it's very confusing what the product is B, the commercial is very low budget C, they play it like 8 times every single Wolves game you can't miss it, they play the same like 8 commercials and 10 commercials over and over and over again and this TBD thing just bothers me so much because it's just so uh, nebulous and it's like what is this thing and why is this such a bad commercial so yeah, I'm, wa- I'm going off right now because it pisses me off every single time I watch it. I have to mute the TV at all the commercials. <laughs> yeah. And even then, I catch a glimpse of it, and I'm like, oh, man, not this one again. He so, was
1: bothered you guys. Let I'm me glad, know. I'm glad you had the opportunity to air that out. Thanks, now, man. I now, feel a lot better. Now people will be able to watch the commercials, and when oh. they see it, they're going to be like, hey, that was that commercial Neil was talking about. Yeah. It does
0: suck. It's called TBD, and you'll see it every single time you watch a Wolves game, and I uh, hope their, their product um, fails miserably. Um, so, yeah. Wow, thanks, guys, Thanks for donating that that one to me um I'll have to return the favor at some point yeah. uh, back to you to give you two.
1: Absolutely. Well, sometimes I take two or three even right, without yeah. your permission, so it's only fair.
0: <laughs> nice. Okay, there we go. We did uh, We did. Wolfies. Um, make sure you check out that YouTube channel and make sure you, um, you know, just just once watch that commercial before it gets to be too much for you. TBD. Ridiculous. Alright, uh, the end of the show is not TBD. We have a game. We're going to wrap it up with that. Scott, what are we doing this week? What's up? Let's play. Let's play.
1: Well, in honor of the long suspension for a player in franchise history oh you came with this one quick this this dropped this hours broke before like an hour, our show yeah, yeah. yeah that's right and i got oh, wow. and that's when i dropped the chris finch england trivia and yep, went straight into that come this come later yeah all right so you know my first question for you uh, malik beasley suspended 12 games for terrorism basically <laughs> dennis rodman received an 11 game suspension for something that he did at the target center oh yeah do you know what he did
0: uh, he, uh, he. Uh, I mean, I could put it in like uh, legal terms. He, uh, he assaulted a cameraman.
1: Yeah, yeah. He kicked him, right? Kicked him. Yeah. yeah, one of the guys sitting on the baseline. Kicked him when the sun don't shine. Yep. So eleven game suspension. Next. Did I get Sorry, it right? Man. Yeah. You, oh yeah, absolutely. Give G- me a little today. feedback. Oh, That's right. There we go. Assaulted, assaulted the, the cameraman. Dog. Yeah.
0: There we go. Uh, yeah, that's what he did. And wow, 11 games for that. Jeez, I guess. It's like right there on camera. It's like, yeah, and you, you did it during the game. You can't kick an
1: employee. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Wow. It's a, it is assault. It is literally assault. That so. was a long
0: time ago. And I always say that we were at that game. I believe we were at that game. Oh, uh, we might have been. Because we were going to those Bulls games. You're right. We were, the, we were getting the 10-game package where you would get the Bulls game with that. I think I also remember we were blocked out, though. Like, we were up in the, ba- we were up in the second level, and it happened on the other side of the okay. basket of the stanchion. So I think we didn't really like, see it see it, we were in the building that
1: night. I guarantee I was looking in our binoculars for Crunch. <laughs> like, where's yes, Crunch at in yeah, this Yeah, <laughs> like Jesse Ventura or <laughs> Yeah, something. exactly. Alright, Neil. Uh, do you remember the most recent Timberwolf to be suspended? And what reason was it? Ooh, interesting.
0: Most recent Timberwolves to be suspended I can't think of one from a recent year huh I'm trying to think who it might have been uh, I'll guess uh, was it uh, was it Adrian Payne for some reason uh, that's that's what I'm just pulling out of my butt
1: right now ah uh, who was it beginning of I'm last say, season oh yeah but uh, season. Uh, two people got into a fight and were suspended two games each for their role in this fight oh Towns and Embiid yep Towns and Embiid that's correct <sighs> right. Most recent player, two-game suspension for Cat for fighting.
0: I wonder play. when the most recent Wolves one for, like, an off-court thing would be. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Because I feel like I separate those two things. Where sure. Especially if it's, like, on-court. There's, like, a really a cap of, like, well, I guess the, the Rodman thing was a lot. But if you just get into a tussle, if you, even if you swing at someone, it's yeah. going to be a handful of games. Well, I
1: was searching, you know, Timberwolves' suspensions. Kevin Love got two games for stepping on Luis Scola's face. <laughs> Remember that? Wow. <laughs> Barely, but yeah. Yeah, that was a good time. Sheesh, yeah. Alright, Neil, question three. The, the Michael or Malik. Malik, yep. Malik Beasley has the second longest suspe- or the, has the longest suspension for a player in franchise history. Wow. Do you know who has the longest suspension in franchise history? Not a player.
0: Mm. Longest suspension just for anything. Wait, the longest suspension in in, in organization's they're Not a player.
1: That's correct. It's not a player. Um, is it Mikhail for like some sort of stuff? I'll give it to you. Is it Joe Smith? It's stuff? both yeah. Glenn Taylor and Kevin McHale were suspended because of the Joe Smith got f- it, yeah, fiasco. Yeah, yeah. Technically, Glenn Taylor was suspended for one longer month. He was suspended from nine months. He missed the whole season. McHale, eight months. Basically, they uh, both missed the remainder of the season. We're not uh, like Glenn couldn't like go to practices, couldn't talk to the team. His quote was, "I'm not happy about this, but I accept it. I watch all the away games on television. Now I'll watch all the games on television." <laughs> nice. So yeah, the Timberwolves owner there suspended for nine months from the team. Wow. Alright, Neil, two more questions Four of the five longest player suspensions In NBA history were the result Of two events Can you name one, or hopefully two Both of those events?
0: Can we read that question again?
1: Yep, so four of the five longest Player suspensions in NBA history Were the result of two events That means two players were suspended for one event Two players were suspended for another event And these, were, these are four of the five Longest suspensions ever given to players Well the easy
0: one is the Malice of the Palace with, uh, with Ron Artest. And Steven Jackson. Okay, I was going to say, I'm not sure who the other guy is. Ron Artest,
1: longest suspension in NBA history, 86 games. Nice. Steven
0: Jackson was only suspended for 30 games. But the other event, I, I am having a hard time with that one. Is it a more recent thing or is it an older it is, thing? It is more recent. More recent than the Malice in the Palace. Yes. Huh. Um, yeah, I wonder if it was another sort of... Was it
1: a fight? I'm trying to think what it might have been. Uh, it was an altercation in the clubhouse.
0: Oh, was it... Uh, the, the, was the thing where, like, uh, the clippers were, like, going... like.
1: Oh no, that's funny. Uh, the the Chris path, Paul, yeah, yeah, the secret pathways, the rockets. To the
0: rockets, that'd be my guess, but I don't know the other ones. So. Uh you'll
1: know it when you hear it. Okay. It is the Agent 0. Uh gunplay. Oh, play. Nick Young, Gil- Gilbert Arenas and Young, Javaris Crittenden. Yeah. Oh, Javaris? Krita- 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 yeah, Crittenton, yeah. Crittenton. Yeah. Krita- 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 yeah. Krita- Gilbert was suspended 50 games, Javaris 38 games, and Javaris never made it back onto an Bringing NBA Bringing guns again.
0: to the locker room.
1: And didn't he he laid out guns and he told Javaris to Which pick one. one. Yeah. Pick one. Yeah. And so yeah, loaded weapons yeah. in the in the locker room will result, God. and so yeah, those are four of the five. The last suspension, sixty-eight games, the second longest suspension wow. in, the in history, is held by a former Wolf. Although the suspension happened before he came to Minnesota. He was suspended for 68 games. Do you know who he is? Uh, wasn't that Cherokee Parks or something? No. Okay. Uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> All right. The answer is, uh, what? would the name P.J. Carlissimo. Oh, say anything spree with the choke. Yep, that's wow, right. Wow. The spree Latrell choked. choked out coach P.J. Carlissimo Sheesh. when he was with the Knicks. Suspended 68 games. <sighs>
0: wow. Yeah. That was huge. That was huge news. Yeah, with the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Is the Warriors. No, I think
1: it was the Knicks, right? Uh, pretty I sure it was the Warriors. Okay, yeah. Uh, probably yeah. Warriors. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's Oof. your there's your trivia about NBA suspension. Some big ones. There's some good, also some like, Wolves connections. There's a, a list on Wikipedia of players banned from the league, and oh. it's, it's just like OJ Mayo for drug stuff and stuff yeah. like that. You know, heavy it's like, drug stuff. Yeah. yeah. So that wow. that's also a thing, but that's not a suspension. That's a ban. So I'm not talking about that.
0: Former Wolf OJ Mayo. That's right. Drafted, wore the hat. <laughs> <Counts>? <laughs> it's a good trade.
1: One of the better trades in, in, in Timberwolves history. Yeah,
0: yeah, totally. All right, that does it. We're running long, long show, but we had lots to talk about. Big week, new coach, all that stuff happening. Welcome to the team, Chris Finch. Uh, I'm excited to make jokes about you for years to come, hopefully here on this podcast. But, uh, yeah, appreciate everybody listening. Come on, Wolvescast. Yeah, come on the show. We'll have Chris Finch on the show eventually and uh yeah we'll see how that goes but uh but yeah we will uh we'll be back next week and we're gonna have a uh we'll have some sort of guest we haven't really ironed it out yet but we're gonna try and have a guest and it's the halfway point of the season as we uh, approach next week so we'll have a little something special for that and then we'll be uh Uh, onward to the second half so hopefully uh, you can come on back and listen to that check out all the great content on Canis Hoopus, and uh, yeah check us out on Twitter as well let us know what you think about this show let us know how you feel about the Alan Horton uh, Ed Malloy call. What are your favorite moments? What's what's your number one? Do you have something different from Doe Ed Malloy. Probably not, but, you do you, know.
1: do you think Chris Finch will ever have a winning, a <laughs> yeah. positive winning percentage? Let yeah. us know. Yeah, I want to hear what you think. Yeah,
0: we got questions.
1: Fun fact on the athletic story about uh, Malik's suspension. Second comment, having a breakout year. Hope he doesn't become another O.J. Mayo.
0: No. <laughs> Timberwolves Hope fans not. ever forgot. Yeah, he's already better than that guy. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we, uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of Wolvescast. We'll talk to you then.
2: A mission point. What a he got his feelings hurt on this one. I mean, that is absolutely filthy.